Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired by the Word Devotional Times. And we're going to be praying in other tongues for the next 15 minutes. I'd like to read to us from 1 Timothy 2. It said, I exalt here for brethren that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Using that scripture, we're going to be weaponizing our prayers this morning, and we're going to be praying. Hallelujah to overthrow the work of ungodly men who fill the, the earth with violence, poverty, and death, keeping men from experiencing the goodness of God upon the earth. The earth is filled with God's goodness, hallelujah, and we are partakers and dispensers of that goodness. But we're all going to pray in light of this, that the work of wicked and ungodly men are overthrown. These men fill the earth with violence, poverty, and death, keeping men from experiencing the goodness of God upon the earth. Poverty is not a normal thing. It is man-made. There is more than enough wealth, ability, food, grace on the earth for every single man. So we're going to be praying in light of this right now. Kindly unmute yourself. Let's speak in other tongues intensely in this direction. Hallelujah. <laughs> Rock 
Oh, glory to God forever. Lake of Sumbra, Ragadoshan, Amanga, the days is a catechese of Aladoshan, Amanda Kabaya. Oh, Lord, we bless your holy name, O God, for you are good and you are God. Hallelujah. Leregonda, Brada Gabasata Kabaya. Goodness is your nature, O God. Rekobon, Shili, Branda Kabaya. And your goodness, O God, floods the earth. Hallelujah. Liga Bayala Bashata Kabaya. You remain at the same. You have never changed. Hallelujah. Belekiro. 
Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we overthrew the work of God. We overthrew the work of ungodly men. Who has filled the earth with their doctrine of wickedness and violence. Hallelujah. Who has filled the earth with poverty. Hallelujah. Sickness and death. We overthrow their work. Hallelujah. Using the orchestrators of the COVID-19 debacle. We overthrow their works. And every other thing they have planned out. Hallelujah. For, for, for putting the nations in bondage. Under poverty. Under sickness. Under death. And causing them to be in violence. We overthrow their works of darkness. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We Lord, you did not appoint any man, God, over this earth. But you determined that your children, your children should rule and dominate the earth, not wicked men. Therefore, we put an end to this. We put an end to this wickedness and works of darkness. In the name of the Lord Jesus, whatever they have in the works, we bring them, of God, to an end. We destroy their works. Whatever plans they have for the nations to be in violence, to be in war, we put an end to it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We overthrow their plans. All their plans, hallelujah, for violence, for wickedness, for poverty upon the nations of the earth. We overthrow them by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus. Even the leaders of the nations that have decided to partner with them in this wickedness. We bring them under subjection to obedience of the word of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We refuse violence in any way that we are. We refuse violence in our communities. We refuse poverty. We refuse sickness. We refuse death. Hallelujah. In our cities. In our nations. Hallelujah. Yes, Makata the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The men and all them that are in it, hallelujah. They all belong to God. Therefore, the word of God rules and reigns, hallelujah. Oh Lord, we bless your holy name, O oh God. Yes, hallelujah. The earth is the Lord's and the Yes, 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 we bless your holy name, O oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. You are welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. Welcome and Today is going to be an amazing day. Be ready for your testimonies, for your miracles, for the word and a deeper knowledge and insights to the word of God. Thank you all very much. Over to you, esteemed Amarak. Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet again another time with the Lord. You know, yesterday, as Brother Kenneth shared his testimony, thinking about it now, there's a picture that comes to mind. It was a story of Moses, which we have read in the course of our daily Bible reading. He said that Moses went up the mountain to be with God because God was giving him the, the, the laws, the commandments, and 
Moses came down after 40 days, right? And the Bible recorded that the children of Israel could not look at him because his face, his countenance, his face glowed with the, it was, it was, it was a manifestation of the presence of God. It was a rub off. His face was shining that they could not look at him. God didn't touch him. We didn't have a record that God touched him. We just knew that he was with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And all that God was doing at that point was talking to him. And every time that we gather here today, God is talking to us. As we read the Bible, God is talking to us. As we read the devotional, God is talking to us. Something is happening in your spirit. That's exactly what happened to Brother Kenneth. And yesterday he returned with a testimony of a health issue for five years. Sorted by the spirit of God. There was no special prayer, no laying of hands, nothing. These times that we spend with the Lord, your times of personal devotion with the Lord, brothers and sisters, you will just find that things are being settled without a prayer point. Praise God. Today's Bible um, um, devotional article, Impregnable to Sickness, Wednesday 10th, February 2021. Romans 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The devotional is being projected on the screen for you. Please follow us as we study it. When we say we are Christians, we are not just saying we worship God by Jesus Christ. In John 15 verse 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches, you are the branches. I am in you and you are in me. That's mutual inhabitation. This is real to God and it needs to be real to you. This is real to God and it needs to be real to you. See, it matters that there is an understanding of the word of God. Do you know that just the consciousness of who you are will settle many things for you? I, I did say that there are three things that a Christian requires for a successful Christian life. Having come to Christ, having received the Holy Ghost. Number one is knowledge. You must know. The Bible says that I have said that ye are gods, but all of you and all of you sons of the Most High. He said they shall die like men because they did not, they do not know. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge is very expensive. Not to know who you are, not to know what you have, not to know what you can do is destructive for you. Two, consciousness. And at this second level, miracles begin to happen. Because a man can know and not be conscious of what he knows. A man can know that he's a prince, yet live like a servant. This is real to God and it needs to be real to you. You are not an ordinary person. The life you received in Christ can't be destroyed by sickness, disease, and infirmity. The life, the life. When you say I am born again, when you say I received Jesus to live on the inside of me, the life that you received in Christ cannot be destroyed by sickness, disease, and infirmity. Why then does, can it, do, does a Christian die of cancer? Why then does a Christian die of an accident? Why then is it said that the Christian had a brain tumor and the Christian died? They know not. Neither did they, do they understand. They walk on in darkness. But I have said, ye are gods. Years ago, I shared on a very important subject the impact of the Holy Spirit on the human body. 
for those of you who I have your email, I will mail the message to you. The human body is impacted by the presence of the Holy Ghost. When you have the Holy Spirit inside you, your body is literally affected. Your body is literally affected. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I hope, so. I hope you guys know that glory is one of the synonyms of money. Just in case you don't know, I'm telling you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then Romans 8 verse 10 shows us the implication of Christ being in you. It says, the word of God is the word of God, brothers and sisters. Take it the way it is. It may not be your experience, but take it. If God says this is how it is, just receive it into your spirit. Romans 8, 10 shows us the implication of Christ being in you, it says. And if Christ be in you, do your body be dead because of sin? Do your body be dead because of sin? Somebody says that, oh, it's something wrong that I did. I, I sinned against God and then I got sick. If Christ be in you, do your body be dead because of sin? Do your body be dead because of sin? The spirit gives it life because of righteousness. This is why we lead men to Christ, because we know that when Christ comes into the picture, the story is different. He becomes sin that you might become his righteousness. He said the spirit gives it life because of righteousness. He wants you to understand that Christ in you isn't a religious statement. Bala kabashata kabaya. When you sing that song, I got the life of God in me. It's not a religious song. It's not a meaningless statement. Now that Christ is in you, your body is vitalized by the spirit. You know, I can understand Brother Kenneth's testimony yesterday. Look at what we are reading in Rhapsody. This is what we have been reading. Are you guys aware that we haven't done this for up to a month yet? Brother Jose, we started on January, was it 17th or 18th? Seventeenth, 17th. 17th, right? So it's not even a month we started these daily devotions. But these are the things that we, we read every day. This is God talking to us every day. And I was saying yesterday, that is just the health problem that has been checked. He, he took the step of faith and went back to the hospital, did all the tests and all the scans. If God can correct a bone problem, if God can correct a spinal cord problem, is it their business that God cannot sort? Is it that job that God cannot give you? Is it money that God cannot give you? Now that Christ is in you, your body is vitalized by the spirit. You are impregnable to sickness, disease, and infirmity. Oftentimes, a lot of the infections people suffer affect the blood. It's due to the bloodline of the human body. But being born again, your body is no longer dependent on blood for its life. Your body lives by the spirit. Read our opening verse again and discover who you are and what you have in Christ. The opening verse, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Why is this verse important? When Christ was on the cross, it was said that the soldier thrust a, a spear into his heart, his rib area, and blood and water gushed out. So all the blood and all the water in Christ came out. So by the time he was buried, there was no longer blood in him. There was no longer water in him. So when Christ resurrected, the man who resurrected wasn't functioning by blood. And that is the Christ that you received. That is the order by which you were born after. 
because the Bible calls him the first fruits from the dead. He was the first. And when we come to Christ, we die in him, we are buried in him, and we resurrect in him. Then we had the second, we had the third, we had the fourth, we had the one thousand, we had the one million. Your body is no longer dependent on blood for its life. Your body lives by that spirit that raised him, raised him up from the dead without blood in his body. Stop saying that they say my, I, I was low on blood. That is why I passed out. Stop, stop living in the body. If you know what I mean. Now that you're born again and have received the Holy Spirit, you should never be sick again in your life. This statement is what it is. You say, ah, as long as we are in this world, we are going to be sick. Brother and sister, we, we, which of the world do you dwell? I don't dwell in this physical world. Though I am in this world, I am not of this world. I live from above. I function from above. I am from above. So refuse to yield your body to sickness. Take charge and rule over your body with the word of God. That's what Brother Kenneth did. He has corrected the past. But now, in the present and in the future, he would refuse sickness access to his body. And that's what every one of us should do. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy, who will take us through the further study and the confession for the Rhapsody. Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. Wow. Thank you so much, Ma. As you're just taking the devotion, the words were just piercing into my spirit. Thank you so much, Ma. Good morning, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. Uh, we will be taking the further study. Hallelujah. Okay. Luke 10, 8, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to trend upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, Isaiah 33, verse 24. And the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell daring shall be forgiven their iniquity. And Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, attend to my words. Incline their, thy ears unto my saying. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Hallelujah. Um, right now we are moving into the confession of the day. You don't have to unmute your mic. You just repeat after me or say along with me. The confession is on the screen. Jesus took care of every form of pain that could ever come to me. Therefore, we got words on my lips. God's word on my lips. I established that victory in my life. That victory in my life. I'm immune to sickness, I'm disease, disease, and infirmity because I have the life and nature of God in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity. I'd like to hand over to Brother as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Thank you so much, very esteemed Sister Mara, for this opportunity. We have been reading the New Testament and um, we have been reading the Message Translation. It's been a very, very interesting read and. Um, the amazing thing about the message translation is that it gives you a picture, an image of exactly what's going on because the English is really contemporary. So as we go through it, I would love you to open up the eyes of your understanding and see yourself as we read through these scriptures. Praise God. So verse 20, um, Matthew 27, verse 1, 30 silver coins. In the first light of dawn, all the high priests and religious leaders met and put the finishing touches on their plot to kill Jesus. Then they tied him up and paraded him to Pilate, the governor. Judas, the one who betrayed him, realized that Jesus was doomed. Overcome with remorse, he gave back the 30 silver coins to the high priest, saying, I have sinned, I have betrayed an innocent man. They said, what do we care? 
that's your problem. Judas threw the silver coins into the temple and left. Then he went out and hung himself. Uh, for me personally, I think that Judas did not really want Jesus to be dead because he saw Jesus pass through most times when they were trying to come and um, arrest Jesus. He saw Jesus pass through the situation and he wanted to take advantage and make money for himself this time around. So he really didn't want to see Jesus die. But, you know, um, his greed, you know, got the better part of him here and he hung himself. Verse six, the high priest picked up the silver pieces, but then didn't know what to do with them. It won't be right to give this a payment for murder as an offering in the temple. They decided to get rid of it by buying the potter's field and use it as a burial place for the homeless. That's how the field got called Mother Meadow, a name that has stuck to this day. Then Jeremiah's word became history. They took the 30 silver pieces, the prize of the one prized by some sons of Israel, and they purchased the potter's field. And so they unwittingly followed the divine instruction to the letter. You know, so it's, it's so significant here knowing that everything that's playing out has been prophesied or has been written in scriptures. So the same thing with our lives. If you look into the scriptures, you see a glimpse of your purpose of your life in God's word, because everything that God that is happening on the earth right now has been written in the scriptures. Praise God. Pilate, verse 11. Jesus was placed before the governor who questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, if you say so. But when the accusations rained down hot and heavy from the high priest and religious leaders, he said nothing. Pilate asked him, do you hear that long list of accusations? Aren't you going to say something? Jesus kept silent, not a word from his mouth. The governor was impressed, really impressed. You know, Jesus' silence is also in the scriptures. If you read Isaiah chapter 53, and you read that they led him as a lamb to the slaughter, and they, they clearly stated that he was silent during the whole process. And Jesus is literally leaving out the scriptures. Verse 15, it was an old custom during the feast for the governor to pardon a single prisoner named by the crowd. At that time, they had the infamous Jesus Barabbas in prison. With the crowd before him, Pilate said, which prisoner do you want me to pardon? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus the so-called Christ? He knew it was true sheer spite that they had turned Jesus over to him. While court was still in session, Pilate's wife sent him a message. Don't get mixed up in judging this noble man. I've just been through a long and troubled night because of a dream about him. Meanwhile, the high priest and religious leaders had talked the crowd into asking for the pardon of Barabbas and the execution of Jesus. The governor asked, which of the two do you want me to pardon? They said, Barabbas. Then what do I do with Jesus, the so-called Christ? They all shouted, nail him to the cross. He objected, but for what crime? But they yelled all the louder, nail him to the cross. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere and that a riot was imminent, he took a basin of water and washed his hands in full sight of the crowd, saying, I am washing my hands of responsibility. I'm washing my hands of responsibility from this man's death. From now on, it's in your hands. You are judge and jury. The crowd answered, We'll take the blame, we and our children, after us. Then he pardoned Barabbas but he had Jesus whipped and then handed over for crucifixion. And may the world bless this reading in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, very esteemed Sister Amarak. I'll be handing over to Brother John at this moment to read the Old Testament. Thank you very much, Brother Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, everyone. So we are moving to Exodus chapter 38. Now, the altar of whole bond offering. Okay. He, from verse 1, he made the altar of whole bond offering from acacia wood. He made it seven and a half feet square and four and a half feet high. He made horns at each of the four corners. 
The horns were made of one piece with the altar and covered with veneer of bronze. He made from bronze all the utensils for the altar, the buckets for removing the ashes, shovels, basins, forks, and fire pans. He made a grate of bronze mesh. He made a grate of bronze mesh under the ledge halfway up the altar. He cast four rings at each of the four corners of the bronze grate to hold the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and covered them with a veneer of bronze. He inserted the poles through the rings of the two sides of the altar for carrying it. The altar was made out of boards. It was hollow. The wash basin. He made the bronze wash basin and its bronze stand from the mirrors of the women's work group who were assigned to serve at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The courtyard. And he made the courtyard on the south side with hangings for the courtyard woven from fine twisted linen where we are 150 feet long with there are 20 posts and 20 bronze bases and fastening hooks and bands of straw. The west end of the courtyard had 70, 75 feet of hangings with 10 posts and we are 22 and a half feet of hangings with their three posts and bases on one side and the same for the other side. All the hangings around the courtyard were of fine twisted linen. The bases for the posts were bronze and fastening, and the fastening hooks and bands on the posts were of silver. The posts of the courtyard were both capped and banded with silver. The screen at the door of the courtyard was embroidered in blue, purple, and scarlet fabric with fine twisted linen. It was 30, it was 30, it was 30 feet long and seven and a half feet high, matching the hangings of the courtyard. There were four posts with bases of bronze and fastening hoops of silver. They were, they were capped and banded in silver. All the pegs for the dwelling and the courtyard were made of bronze. Wow. <clears throat> Verse 21. This is an inventory of the dwelling that housed the testimony drawn up by order of Moses for the work of the Levites under Ithama, son of Aaron the priest, Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hor of the tribe of Judah, made everything that God had commanded Moses. Working with Bezalel was Oholiab the son of Ahisamak, of the tribe of Dan, an artisan, designer, and embroiderer in blue, purple, and scarlet fabrics, and fine linen. Gold, the total amount of gold used in construction of the sanctuary, all of it contributed freely, weighed out at 1,900 pounds, according to the sanctuary standard. My God. Silver, the silver from those in the community who were registered in the census came to 6,407 pounds, according to the sanctuary standard. That amounted to a beaker or an over a total of 603,550 6, men. They were used, they, they used the three and on quarter tons of silver to cast the bases for the sanctuary and for the hangings. And for the hangings. Brother, brother John, you need to take from verse 25 again. There's a line that was missed out. Yes, oh, okay. From verse 25, silver. The silver from those in the community who were registered in the census came to 6,437 pounds, according to the sanctuary standard. That amounted to a baker or half shekel. For every registered person aged 20 and over, a total of 603,550 men. They used the three and one quarter tons of silver to cast the bases for the sanctuary 
and for the hangings, 100 bases at 64 pounds each. They use the remaining 37 pounds to make the connecting hooks on the posts and the caps and bands for the posts. Verse 29, bronze. The bronze that was brought in weighed 4,522 pounds. It was used to make the door of the tent of meeting. The bronze altar with its bronze grating, all the utensils of the altar, the bases around the courtyard, the bases for the gates of the courtyard, and all, and all the pegs for the dwelling and the courtyard. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Brother John. Um, you know, I was I, 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 I was meditating on the giving of the children of Israel for this building, um, this temple work that God had commanded Moses. Um, you remember Exodus 35, um, from verse 5, it says that Moses told the people, he said, gather from amongst you an offering for God. Receive on, this was God telling Moses, he said, gather from among you an offering for God. Receive on God's behalf what everyone is willing to give as an offering. Then in verse 20, it says, so everyone in the community of Israel left the presence of Moses. They came back. Everyone whose heart was roused, whose spirit was freely responsive, bringing offerings to God. They came, both men and women, all the willing spirits, all the willing spirits, all the willing spirits amongst them offering, and he began to name all the things that they offered. So in this chapter that you just read now, he's telling us the total offering in gold, in bronze that they brought to the Lord. You know, I'm reading that and I'm asking myself, you know, there's the act of the apostle that told us what the apostle did. And that act doesn't have a conclusive chapter. He ended in chapter 28, but there's more to the Acts of the Apostles because the Apostles, the lives of the Apostles continued after those Apostles. And the Acts of the Apostles is being written every day in heaven. And I'm asking myself, when the Acts of the Apostle is written, would my name be there? Would there be a story like this? The way the name of Bezalil and Oholiab is being mentioned and how that they use their skill for the Lord. Would it be said that I used my skill for the Lord? Would it be said that when there was a gospel call, would it be said that I gave freely? Would it be said that I brought my resources, gold in these days, silver in these days, these were monetary things that were used for monetary exchange. So he was saying basically that they brought their money. They brought the most valuable thing to them. Would it be said that I brought? Would it be said that I gave? So that the work of God, you see, this was a physical temple, but in our day, how is God building temple? The temple has become the lives and the souls of men. So we are building the temple of God, which is the body of Christ. So every time a soul is added to the church, that is one block on the, on, on the, on, on the, on the building blocks of this temple. That is one more block added. That is a fitting maybe at the roof because we are actually wrapping up that body of Christ at the time that we are in in this world. Maybe it's a socket that is being fixed in the house every time a soul is added. So my money, I give my money for the gospel. A soul is one in China. I gave my money for Love World USA, for instance, for those of you who are in Christ Embassy. And then somebody is watching that program somewhere in Kentucky. Here's the gospel gets born again another block is added to the building. That's the kind of temple that we are building in these last days. And if you've been with us in the, almost in the um, um, last, almost a month, I said that I would rather be fooled by a man of God and give for the gospel than be fooled by the deep state. I showed you guys the giving pledge. 
about 231 people have pledged so far, all of them billionaires in this world. And they have raised a total of $600 billion for satanic agenda. Where is your gospel pledge? I'm going to quickly read Exodus chapter 39. That's our last Bible chapter for today. Vestments, using the blue, purple, and scarlet fabrics, they made the woven vestments for ministering in the sanctuary. Also, they made the sacred vestment for Aaron, as God had, command, had commanded Moses. Effort, they made the effort using gold and blue, purple, and scarlet fabrics, and finely twisted linen. They hammered out gold, gold leaf and sliced it into threads that they that then walked in that that we then walked into designs in the blue purple and scarlet fabric and finding them they made shoulder pieces fastened at the two ends the decorated band was made of the same material gold blue purple and scarlet material and of fine twisted linen and of one piece with it just as God had commanded Moses. They mounted the onyx stones in the setting of the filigree gold and engraved the names of the sons of Israel on them. They fastened them on the shoulder pieces of the effort as memorial stones for the Israelite, just as God had commanded Moses. Do you notice that almost everything was made of gold? And I told you that gold was the monetary exchange at the time. Gold represented money. The gospel is free, brothers and sisters, but it is not cheap. It is free. It is free because we are sponsoring it. It is free because we are saying this gospel needs to go to China. I'm going to pay for it. It is not cheap. There are certain stations in the world that you pay as much as a million dollars in a week. Sometimes a million dollars for one live broadcast. And we are on those stations in their thousands in every country in this world. Why are we doing it? Because somebody has to hear the gospel. It is free, but it is not cheap. Everything they did was made of gold. Just as God commanded Moses, breast piece. They made a breast piece designed like the effort from gold, blue, purple, and scarlet material and fine twisted linen. Doubled the breast piece was nine inches square. They mounted four rows of precious gemstones on it. First row, carnelian, topaz, emerald, second row, ruby, sapphire, crystal, third row, jacinth, agate, amethyst. Fourth row, beryl, onyx, jasper. The stones were mounted in gold filigree. The 12 stones corresponded to the names of the sons of Israel. 12 names engraved on us on a seal, one for each of the, of the 12 tribes. They made braided chains of pure gold, everything gold. You say everything, every time we're talking money, money, money. Brothers and sisters, yes, the money is needed to preach the gospel. When you say you want to put a, 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 the message of the gospel on TV station, the station doesn't just smile at you and say, come. They give you an invoice for you to pay money. They made braided chains of pure gold for the breast piece, like cords. They make two settings of gold filigree and two rings of gold, but the two rings are the two ends of the breast piece. Put, put the two ring, rings at the two ends of the breast piece and fasten the two ends of the cords to the two rings at the end of the breast piece. Then they fasten the cords to the settings of the filigree, attaching them to the shoulder pieces of the effort in front. This is Aaron's garment too. Then somebody will say that um, that man of God, he wears gold. That man of God, the, the kind of clothes that he wears, he should, he should take that money and put it into the gospel. Whenever you think about that, or whenever somebody tell the, somebody's talking like that, tell them to go and read Exodus chapter 39. It was dedicated to the clothing of Aaron.
they made two rings of gold and fastened them to the two ends of the breastpiece on, e on its inside edge facing the effort. They made two more gold rings of gold and fastened them in the front of the effort to the lower part of the two shoulder pieces near the seam above the decorated band of the effort. The breastpiece was fastened by running a cord of blue through its rings to the rings of the effort so that it rested secure on the decorated band of the effort and wouldn't come loose just as God had commanded Moses. Robe. They made the robe for the effort entirely of blue. The, op the opening of the robe at the center was like a collar. The edge hemmed so that it wouldn't tear. On the hem of the robe, they made pro pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet material and fine twisted linen. They also made bells of pure gold and alternated the bells and pomegranates, a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate all around the hem of the robe that was one for ministering just as God had commanded Moses. They also made the tonics of fine linen, the work of a weaver for Aaron and his sons, the turban of fine linen, the linen hats, the linen underwear made of fine twisted linen and sashes of fine twisted linen, blue, purple and scarlet material and embroidered just as God had commanded Moses. I don't know if I should say this, but it came to my spirit. God was detailed up onto the underwear of Aaron. If you've been following our Bible reading plan, we emphasize the detailedness of God. Don't be that man or that woman who looks clean on the outside and dirty on the inside. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost and you are the priest that serves in that temple. I wouldn't say more, you get the message. They made the plate, verse 30, the sacred crown of pure gold and engraved on it as on a seal, holy to God. They attached a blue cord to it and fastened it to the turban, just as God had commanded Moses. They completed the work of the dwelling, the tent of meeting. The people of Israel did what God had commanded Moses. They did it all. They presented the dwelling to Moses, the tent and all its furnishings, fastening hooks, frames, crossbars, posts, bases, tent of tanned ramskins, tenting of dolphin skin, veil of the screen, chest of the testimony with its pole, the atonement cover, table with its utensils and the bread of the presence, lampstand of pure gold and its lampstand all fitted out and all its utensils and the oil for the light, gold altar, anointing oil, oil fragrant incense, screen for the entrance to the tent, bronze altar with its bronze gates, its poles and its utensils, wash basin and its base, hangings for the courtyard, its poles and bases, screen for the gates of the court courtyard, its cords and its pegs, utensils for ministry in the dwelling, the tent of meeting, woven vestments for ministering in the sanctuary, sacred vestments for Aaron the priest and his sons when serving as priests. The Israelites completed all the work. Oh, At the rapture of the church, may it be said that our generation completed the work, completed the end time work by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the ministry of the angels, by the provisions of the Spirit, we will fund this gospel. We will do it big time. And it shall be said that everyone in this house, everyone in the Inspired by the World Global Group were actively involved in ensuring that we completed all the work. He said the Israelite completed all the work just as God had commanded. Moses saw that they had done all the work and done it exactly as God had commanded. Moses blessed them. Moses blessed them. It's not enough to just do the work. Do it as God commanded it. If you have a prophet, a man of God over you, and he's guiding you and said, this is how we should do it. Do not be that Christian that argues with a prophet. There is a reason the man is a prophet and the prophet sees ahead. 
If you read through the Old Testament, you see how the, the prophet prophesied what was to come. Was it not the prophet that said that the economy of Israel was going to change in 24 hours? Did anybody see it? Did it look like it? No. Did it happen? Yes. So when a prophet says something, you don't have to see it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have, it does not have to look like it. It is why that person is called a prophet. When I see Christians these days, especially for those of us who happen to be in Christ's embassy, and you follow a prophet, a man of God like Pastor Chris, and you have a personal opinion, I don't know what to say to you. There is a way God wants things done. God gives you a prophet who guides you and you have a personal opinion. May God forgive you. We are reading the Bible so that we can see how things are done. This is Old Testament, but we can see how God wants things done. We can see how God worked. We can see how God spoke and how the people responded. I refuse to be that Christian that argues with God. I will always be in his perfect will. I will always do that which he desires, the way he wants it, when he wants it and how he wants it, where he wants it. We're quickly going to take the Pauline affirmation. I'm going to coordinate it, but the Martins is not available to take that session at the moment. We're going to project it on the screen as we daily do. The Pauline affirmation, your name, you say the affirmation, you move to the next paragraph. I am a courage or mother, I'm granted. You move to the third paragraph. I am a courage or mother, my love abounds. And we say it from the beginning to the end. And as soon as we're done with the affirmation, we'll break bread and we'll close. One, two, three, go. Please Praise God, hallelujah. So we're going to take the communion quickly and I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 11, 23. If you're joining us for the first time, we break bread every day. 
Um, I'm, I don't have enough time to explain what that means, but um, um, make preparations, get the communion material. <clears throat> if you are in Lagos, Nigeria, and um, or even anywhere in Nigeria, and you don't know where to get the communion, um, I'm going to post the contact details on the group that you can contact to help you get the material and send it across to you. But this is something that you must do. I've also in the past shared several testimonies that came from the breaking of bread. Um, I don't have enough time to go back into that, but um, as you fellowship with us, you will learn more about the breaking of bread and why we do it. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Thank you, Father. For that which you did for us in giving Jesus your son in exchange for us. And by him, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his glorification, we receive the very life that you have. That is the life that we hear today that is impregnable to sickness, impregnable to poverty, impregnable to the things that, that plague the men of this world because we are no longer of this world. Thank you, Father. As we break this bread today, even today as you have told us that we should not be sick, that we should refuse to be sick. This bread, by this bread, remembering that which Christ did for us on the cross, I cause every root of sickness in the body of anyone connected in this place, be it a blood condition, be it a brain condition, be it cancer, be it diabetes, Whatever it is, whatever the name that the doctors gave it, the Bible says that you gave Jesus a name that is above every name that exists in heaven, on the earth, and beneath the earth. Therefore, I declare that that name subdues that whatever the name that the doctors called that issue. Even now, by this bread, by this communion today, that root of disease, of infirmity, of sickness, dies and passes out of that body. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. It is so, because your word says so, in Jesus' name, amen. Please break the bread and take it. Verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do shew the Lord's death till he comes. Father, thank you for the cup of the new covenant, sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood, the blood, the blood, oh, the blood, the blood that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. The blood that washes white as snow. Is there anything in anybody's life in this place today that is not of you, that does not represent the life that you gave us in Christ. There is a washing away. There is a washing away now, now. Is it a report that came? Is it, is it a financial challenge? Is it a business challenge where that one does not know what to do? Christ was made wisdom for us. That one now knows what to do. Thank you, Father. Because beyond what we see, what we think, what we imagine, you have exceeded our expectations, even this morning, by the blood, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Take the cup. Congratulations, everyone. I look forward to hearing your testimonies. And as they happen, please share them on the group. Let us unmute as we share the benediction, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Glory.